we are starting a new series of messages calling it Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. Somebody's like, where's the funk, right? You know? All right, and uh, I, I don't know, I, that's not me. I'm not that guy, so uh, you're going to have to ask these musicians what they've got. Uh, but Earth, Wind, and Fire, uh, it has not got anything to do with the band Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, but uh, it is a series on the Holy Spirit that we're going to be in over the next three weeks. And so um, we want to uh, go through that. So if you got your Bible, we're going to go to the book of Genesis. And uh, Genesis chapter 1, you can just go ahead and start turning there now. How many of you guys know that kids are attracted to dirt? Or maybe dirt's attracted to kids. I don't know which. It goes, it may go both ways. Who knows? Uh, either way, some uh, kids are getting dirty, right? Uh, my kids, they got dirty. Uh, they're still getting dirty, you know. And um, we had, a few weeks ago, we did a work day here at the church, and we had some dirt brought in. And big old pile of dirt that's sitting back there by the office. Uh, it was way more than what we needed, but we were so appreciative uh, that it got donated, and so um, we've still got a bunch of dirt left, and it's sitting back there, and somebody thought it would be a good idea to go on top of that dirt pile, take a metal pole, stick it into the top of that dirt pile, and they tied a big black trash bag to it, so I didn't, I didn't know whether it was a windsock or we were being invaded by pirates. I, I didn't know what was going on. Uh, that was my kids. I, I, I thought, I, so, I think I'd probably got a good idea who it is. There's, there's only about four boys that I would blame that on, and I narrowed it down to one, so, and he belongs to me. Um, so, uh, yeah, there it is right there. And so it kind of waved in the wind for about a week until I told him, I said, go take it down, right? Um, but, but dirt piles, I don't know what it is, right? Nobody told him to go do that. I don't, it's, it's just like dirt piles sometimes attract kids to it. I know when I was a kid, I was attracted to dirt piles. Anybody? You were a kid like me? That, that, and anybody, did you play King of the Hill? King of the Hill. Best game ever, right? I, you got broken fingers and probably, you know, hands and stuff and knocked skulls and all that kind of stuff from playing King of the Hill. But I loved King of the Hill, you know, because you got up on top of the dirt mound and somebody had to knock you off to become King of the Hill, you know. And my, I did my best to try to stay King of the Hill, right? And so um, some of you guys know what that's like. And just getting dirty and, um, you know, just uh, the – it's – yeah, kids, we, we're – Kids are attracted to dirt. Now, what I was, I was reading is that dirt is actually good for you, though. I know, you know, we, we, get, we get on our kids because they come in like, look at you, you're, you've ruined your, your nice outfit, you've gotten dirty, but it's okay, it's all right, because dirt is supposed to be good for us. I was reading where actually it's supposed to be fairly good for the immune system, uh, apparently, I, I, di- I didn't realize that, you know, I, I, I probably shouldn't eat copious amounts of dirt, I wouldn't have recommended that, you know, but they say that uh, people who are more in tune with the soil and, and work in the soil more that uh, their immune systems have a tendency to be better, that's that's there's evidence of that there's evidence that and i didn't realize this either there's evidence that um actually it doesn't just affect you uh physically but it can have a uh a mental effect on you as well that uh if you're depressed that people who work in soil or work with the dirt a lot of times it has a way of helping you not be as depressed. And so that's uh, amazing, right? Who knew, right? So everybody, just go play in the dirt today. Your life will be a lot better. And the pastor gave you permission, all right? Um, 
that's kind of where we're, we're headed today. You say, well, what, is, what has this got anything to do with the Holy Spirit? Uh, what has dirt got to do anything with the Holy Spirit? Um, and just hang with me. Don't jump off the boat yet. We're, we're, we're going to get there. Um, I do want to talk about the Holy Spirit, and, and I do want to say this. Every time I talk about the Holy Spirit, um, this church is I got a lot of different backgrounds in it. So the church that I, I grew up in, Pentecostal Church, uh, Church of God Congregation, this is the Church of God Congregation, um, but we have a lot of different backgrounds represented here. And so the church that I grew up in, I mean, people were shouting, praising God, hands lifted up, you know, running down. Yeah, there we go, there we go. Oh, this is all the Pentecostal side over here. You. Yes, that's them. That's them. They they've made their presence known, right? No, it's, and that's how that's how I grew up, right? And 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 so that's just second nature to me. That's that's something that. But some of you are like, whoop, 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 hold up. You know, we don't do that. I wasn't raised like that. That is not the kind of church that I came from. You know, we might have gotten a hand up to here. You know. But that was just because we were putting it in our pocket, you know. So, and that's okay. Listen, it's all right. Whatever background that you came from, um, I, I don't want you to feel out of place. I just want to acknowledge that we're all in a bunch of different places this morning where we're maybe starting this conversation. And so, for me, like I said, my dad was uh, a Pentecostal preacher, and um, we would have services, and usually it was Sunday night. Everybody remember Sunday night church? We had Sunday night, yeah. <laughs> Once again, Sunday night church was when it broke loose. If you had friends, you invited them on Sunday morning. You didn't invite them to Sunday night church, right? Yeah, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. It's like, don't take them to Sunday night church, please. And then you'd have on that rare occasion, like the Holy Spirit would break out on Sunday morning, and you're sitting, oh my goodness, oh, they're never going to come back, you know. I, I got it. I, I, I know. But Sunday night was kind of one of those, those nights that it just seemed like, you know, the Holy Spirit would break out and, and uh, people would dance and shout. And it was very, very involved service, to say the least, right? And I'm eight or nine years old. And so I have school the next day. And my mom understands that. And I'm getting a little tired because those services tended to go a little long. And um, she would let me just lay down under the pew and I would go to sleep if you could. But, you know, that. You kind of look over, and you're like looking under the under the pew, and all you see is like people, f- their feet, and you saw like his feet come up, Woo, glory to God, you know, it's a pair of high heels dancing across the aisle, and you know, and as an eight year old kid, I just pulled my arms in like this. I said, please don't get, don't step on me, right? Now, that, that's just kind of how I grew up, and uh, some some of you are like, that is not my background at all. Uh, I'd have been out that church and liggety split. You know, so I get it, I, I, I just kind of want to say I understand we're all in a different place today. But I think where we're going to start today is okay, so where do we start? When we have this conversation about the Holy Spirit, who's the Holy Spirit, what does the Holy Spirit do, what does he want to do in our life? Where do we start this conversation? I know my Pentecostal friends, they say, let's start in Acts chapter 2, right? You know, uh, the book of Acts, right? The Holy Spirit showed up before the book of Acts, and that's kind of where I want us to go, is I want us to go all the way back to the start, and I want us to go to the book of Genesis this morning. So if you got your Bible, let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1 is where we're headed. And um, we have... um, we don't have to go very far at all in Genesis chapter 1. And so Genesis chapter 1, and it says, In the beginning, and, and this is where we get the name of the book Genesis is in the beginning. Genesis is about origins. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth 
was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, there, there it is. Not, not it is, He is. That's because that's one thing you have to understand is God's Spirit is not an it. God's Spirit is personal. And so I don't relate to it's like my car is an it, all right? I don't relate to it. I own it. I drive it, you know. Uh, but when I relate to something personal, um, it's not an it. So it's like my family, my, my sons, my wife, I, I know them personally. And we can know the Holy Spirit personally. And so we have to start there. It is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person. It is, it is uh, the third person of the triune Godhead. And we call it the Trinity. And so when we're looking at this this morning, we just have to know that it, it, it's not just a thing or an it, but it is, it is a person. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now what you see here at the very outset, is that God is moving, and God's Spirit is moving in creation. And it says, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. This word deep is a Hebrew word. To, uh, it is the Hebrew word um, to home. And to home is, has this picture of like swirling blackness almost, this darkness, this this deep abyss is kind of this this idea that you can kind of get a picture in your head almost um more it is symbolized this this would have been a a word that they'd have known in the ancient near east at that time um they would have thought about this being a symbol for death and so god's spirit is hovering and god's spirit is moving over chaos and over the chaos and the this just unordered, disordered thing that we see at the beginning of creation. God's Spirit is moving in this. And we see the Holy Spirit that is, um, is moving. And how is the Holy Spirit moving? The Holy Spirit, it says the Spirit of God is hovering. Now, I want to give you another picture in your head. And uh, how many of you ever have bird feeders in, at your house? You know, uh, Anybody get hummingbirds? All right, hummingbirds. So hummingbirds, they'll come fly up, and hummingbirds, their wings, they're not slow, right? They're like, it's just like crazy, you know, fast. And, and I don't know what that was I just did, but I guess that's my depiction of hummingbird, right? Whatever. Uh, so the hummingbird is, the, the wings are just going 90 to nothing. And it's almost like they're not flapping, but they're vibrating. It, that's that's kind of a, a, a sense. Anybody, you know what I'm talking about? It's, it's, it has that kind of feel to it. That is kind of the picture that we're getting here in this scripture, that the Spirit of God is hovering. It's almost like a picture of a hummingbird. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit is a hummingbird, so don't get me wrong, right? But it's like this. It's like this idea of a hummingbird that is kind of floating in and out, and it has this idea of, of a vibration. Now, uh, to me, that is, that is super cool because when you think about how um, we're all put together, everything in this room, everything in life is made up of particles. They're made up of tiny bits that we keep trying to uh, go farther and farther and farther down to see the smallest 
particles, right? And I'm no scientist by any means, and I'm sure some of you guys are probably much smarter about this than me. But it's this idea that uh, we're we're made up of uh, these particles with electrons and neutrons and um, all these things that we can't really see with the with the naked eye, but it's these particles, tiny bits, and. When I'm reading last night, it says that these tiny bits, actually we can't see them, but what we see is how they react when we do something to them. That, that they're all in this state of movement, and it's a vibration. That all these particles, when we do something with them, that these particles will respond and it vibrates. And so what we're seeing is a field of vibration, and, and it's just kind of interesting. Basically right now, I want you to sit really still. You're still moving, right? That's, that's it. I mean, whether you realize it or not, all the earth and all creation is moving, whether you realize it or not. And it's kind of the same idea here, that God's spirit is moving over the waters. I want us to, to skip over to the next chapter. I want us to go to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 5. And it says, And when no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. And a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. And then the Lord God formed the man. Anybody remember what his name was? Adam. That's right. Not Pastor Adam, but Adam. First Adam. Um... Adam was formed. Then the Lord God formed the man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. All right, so I got to give you this real quick. So the Hebrew idea for the Holy Spirit, or maybe the Hebrew word that we need to start with is this word ruach. Can you put that up there for me, Faith, that that word ruach? This, This Hebrew word means spirit. It means breath. It means wind. And so it can mean just a general breeze. Or when the definite article is put to it, it becomes the the spirit, which means the Holy Spirit. And so this is a word that gets used in a lot of different ways. And so when we see here that God is moving and God is moving in creation and the spirit of God is moving in creation, so you have to understand that, that God's spirit is is the creative spirit of God. Uh, any creative people that we have, are you creative in some way? Music, uh, dance, art, yes, you're drawing. In some way, maybe you're, you're a great writer. In some way, think about that side of yourself as, um, as part of how the Holy Spirit can move through you. Now, with this depiction of Ruach, breath and spirit and wind, we get here to the second chapter of Genesis and what does it say it says that the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed ruach into his nostrils and he breathed the breath of life and he became a living creature so you get a picture there that that when God breathes into your life you can't help but to live when, when God begins to breathe into your life, you cannot help but come alive. 
When God begins to move on your heart, when God begins to move in a creative aspect, when God begins to move through the power of his spirit, what is the result? It results in life. It results in freedom. It results in liberty. And so we start seeing these depictions from the get-go, from the very outset of Genesis, that God's spirit is the creative part of God. And that when God begins to move upon us, he moves upon us and it results in life. And that's what God wants for us. That's what his, his creative power does, is, is that when he started in this, this idea of creation, that to home, he moved over the deep, which was chaotic. It was disorder. It was deathly. And, and when God moved into it, what happened? It became ordered. It became productive. It became structured. It became lively. That's what happens when God works in creation. And that's what happens with the Spirit's work is he works in creation. And so God's Spirit is the creative Spirit of God. And we see this just part of it. But when we see right here that God formed the man from the dust of the ground. There's two words I want to give you real quick. Uh, one word we've already talked about, so uh, the man, where it says he formed the man, that word for man is the word Adam, the Hebrew word Adam. Can you put that up for me, Faith? And then the second word, Adumah, is the word for ground. So God brought Adam from the Adumah. Do you see that? It's kind of a word play. It's a word play that we don't pick up on in English, but God created man or Adam, from the Adumah. And he breathed life into him. He breathed Ruach into him. He breathed his spirit into him and made him come alive. Now, when we think about what the Holy Spirit does with dust, and actually this is, it's not just the ground, but it's the dust of the ground. It's the smaller particles. It's the, it's the particles that kind of float. We, we were landscaping in our yard this, this past, past couple weeks, and um, I've got these gloves that I was kind of pushing. I was, I was pushing dirt in and had, had to post hole diggers, and I'm, I'm putting plants down. I'm putting dirt back in. I kind of clapped my hands together, and when I did, I got a face full of dust, right? I was just, whoa, what's going on, right? I didn't think of it. I'm just trying to knock the dirt off my gloves when I'm inhaling all this dust. And, and you think about it. It's not even the dirt. It's the dust of the dirt, the dust of the ground. It's that smaller particles that kind of come out. And so God is taking something that seems to be nothing. Somebody's ever said, man, you're just dirt. Anybody ever called you a bad name? Yeah. Some of you, I know, I know you don't want to admit to it. But, you know, I, I, you know I've been called a lot of bad stuff. I've had people say, hey, man, you ain't nothing dirt. I'm like, that's right. I, you're right. I, I, I am dirt, but not just dirt. God has a plan for this dirt, okay? God has a plan for the dirt that he called to breathe life into. And so whatever you say, it's fine. I know who I am. I know what God has made me. And so God breathes life. He calls Adam from the Adamah. And he breathes life into Adam. He breathes life into man. He breathes his spirit into man. And what does he say? The Bible goes on and it says this. It says that God looked at his work. And he steps back and he looks at everything that he's created. And God says, hey, you know what? This is good. Right? You ever done something good? Maybe you fixed your hair up really good this morning. You ever step back and you just say, hmm. Man, that's good, you know? 
I fixed my hair good so many times it's starting to fall out. So, I mean, that's where some of us are at. But, no, it's, it's this idea that that's good. It's like God said, hey, this is good. I've created this planet. I've created this world, and it's good. And then he creates man and breathes life into him. And good is not just good enough because what does he say? He's like, oh, no, this is very good. The Hebrew word for good is tov. It is a word that means everything is in perfect harmony with each other. And, and that's what he's saying. He's saying, listen, look at what I've done. Look at this creation. I have breathed life into man. I've brought him forth from the ground. I've brought Adam from the Adamah, and I breathed life into him. And you know what? This is good. This is very good. This is perfect harmony. This is, this is where things are resonating together. This is This is good. This is perfect harmony, and so God has called us to perfect harmony with him. But we know this, that sometimes things don't always stay in perfect harmony, right? If you've lived in a house with someone else longer than five minutes, how many of you know that things just don't always stay in perfect harmony? Even if you love your spouse, how many of you know sometimes things aren't always in perfect harmony because you've got to get your socks off the couch, Right? You can't just leave laundry strung from one step to the top of the step. More or less so, more so my boys, right? And things stop being in perfect harmony when this happens. We understand life. We understand that things aren't always in perfect harmony. That sometimes we, we get out of tune with one another. That sometimes we're not singing the same song. And God is saying, listen, I've created you. You've been created to be in harmony with me, to resonate with me. You've been created in such a way that we're going to sing the same tune. You've been created in such a way where we're going to dance the same dance. You've been created in such a way where we resonate with one another. And, and, and so this is the picture that we're getting at the outset of creation. But we know that things get messed up. We know that things don't always stay in perfect harmony. We know that we don't, we're not always in tune. And we're not always in step, right? How many of you, you can't dance to save your life, right? If, you're, if, it, if it just, hey, we're going to kill you if you don't dance. I mean, yeah. anybody seen Seinfeld? Yeah. Elaine Bennis, right? So that's, that's kind of how we are with God sometimes. We're dancing the Elaine Bennis dance, and, and people are like, oh, that's ugly. And God has called us to more. Actually, God has not just called us to more. He's created us for more. He's created us to be in step and in tune with him. And we see this is what the Holy Spirit does because the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is God's creative force. That's God's creative force. He calls us to be in tune with him. He calls us to be in step with him. And sometimes we don't. I want us to go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. I'm going to just read it off the screen, if you don't mind, Faith. And it says, but the fruit of the Spirit. Here we go. The fruit of the Spirit. And I love that. Where does fruit come from? Trees. Where do trees come from? Seed. Where do you plant the seed? In the ground, right? Where did Adam come from? The ground. So, it's not, it shouldn't surprise us that the Father intends for that which came from the ground to produce fruit. 
right? It shouldn't surprise us that this is the same theme that we see running throughout Scripture that starts in Genesis and it runs all the way from Galatians to Galatians to Revelation that God intends for our life to look a certain way. He wants us to live. And, and a living thing and a living producing uh, a tree looks like this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness. Next one, gentleness and self-control. Self-control, somebody. How many of you guys had those cinnamon rolls earlier, right? And you had to try to stop with one, right? Self-control, that's the fruit of the Spirit. Against such things, there are no law. Next verse. And those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit, because that's what we were called. And not just called, that's how we were created. You were created to keep in step with God's Spirit. You were created to be in perfect harmony with God's Spirit. You were created to be more than just dirt. You were created to have a life that lives and breathes because God has poured His Spirit into you. And so God has called us to a life. He has called us not to death. He has not called us to live a life just littered with damages, right? He's not called you to have your home just to be wrecked and destroyed and disseminated by the, by the, uh, by the plans and strategy of the enemy. God has created you to live a life that is full and abundant because Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I've come to breathe into you. I've come to pull you out of the deep. I've come to pull you out of the pit. I've come to pull you out of the grave. I've breathed life into you so that we can have this. Our life can be productive. It can be fruitful. And so when we start this conversation with the Holy Spirit, I'm not going to start at the gifts of the Spirit. and We'll get there. Because there's, there's, they're good and they're great. But you got to start from the start. The start is that God has breathed life into us and he's created every one of us to resonate with his spirit. So I don't care what background that you came from. I don't care what denomination you came from. I don't care if it was high church. I don't care if it was, they, they, the, the whole church seemed like it was high on Pentecost. I don't, I don't, I don't care where you came from. What it looks like is this in creation is that God breathes life into us. And we're created to respond to his spirit. So my question to you this morning is this. How many would you say, God, I want to respond to your spirit? God, I want to respond to your spirit. God, whatever you want to do in my life, I want to respond to your spirit. God, I want you to breathe life into me. And there are places that seem like they are dying or maybe even dead already. But God, I want you to breathe life into me. God, there are things that seem like they've been damaged and destroyed. And God, it just seems disordered and chaotic. But God, I want you to just begin to hover over my life and let your spirit hover over my life and just breathe on me and cause my life to live again. Cause me to begin to breathe the breath that you breathe into me. God, let me live. How many of you say, that's what I want? I want to live through the Spirit. I want you to stand with me this morning. I'm going to call somebody to come play. See, the Holy Spirit is not just God's creative force. The Holy Spirit is also God's re-creative force. The Holy Spirit is that which says, I can look at those things that have been damaged and destroyed and almost killed off to be dead. 
and look at that and say, let's, let's do a new work. Let's call it back to life. Let's lift it back up. Let's raise it from the grave. This is what spirit-filled life looks like, is that when we say, God, I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do. Your word is true, and I'm in your word. Your word is true, and I'm going to be obedient to your word, and I'm going to let your spirit speak to me. So Holy Spirit, speak to me this morning. Who would say that? Holy Spirit, speak to me this morning. Sing this song with us, can we? There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free. And my shame is undone in your presence, Lord. Can we just welcome his spirit here today? Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and
the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence Lord they're just going to keep playing that I just want you to slip your hands up come on come on some of you guys need to just begin to proclaim his name some of, I can't praise for you I can't speak your praise right now you were created to respond to God so respond to him come on you were created to respond. I was created to, I can only respond for me. So Lord, I'm lifting up my praise to you. God, I'm giving you glory and honor. This morning, Lord, we declare your truth. We declare that we are people created with the purpose of having the Spirit at work in us, marking our life as a Spirit-filled life and calling us back to be people who are in step with you calling us back to be people who are in tune and in perfect harmony with you and so lord we repent now because your spirit also convicts us of where we stepped out and stepped wrong so lord we repent now forgive us for where we've gone our own way lord and bring us back now lord we pray father that you would forgive us but lord i pray not only that you would forgive us but lord enliven us breathe life into us these places that seem like they've dried up, these places that seem like, Lord, in our life that we haven't heard you in a long time, we want to be in tune with what your Spirit's saying. We want to hear your voice, and not only hear your voice, but respond to your voice. Speak life to us. Lord, we will respond. Holy Spirit, we want to respond to you. Come on, guys, don't rush this. Don't rush this. Holy Spirit, speak right now. You're speaking your word. You're speaking your truth. And so we're, we're open. Our hearts are open to hear from you. And so we're, we're praying, God, that you just speak that truth to us right now. We declare your promises are yes and amen. We declare, Lord, that, uh, God, that, that this house is a house, Lord, that is going to lift up your name and point people to, to you, Lord Jesus. So, Lord, that's what we're doing now. We thank you for this time. We thank you, Father, for your moving. Holy Spirit, have your way here this morning. Holy Spirit, have your way in our life, not just in this church service, but when we walk out the doors 
tomorrow morning when we get up to go to work, we want to be still people who are open to your spirit. And Lord, we may be stepping into a chaotic workplace. We may be stepping in where there's hostility. We may be stepping in where there's backbiting and there's gossip, Lord. But I pray, Lord, that when we step into that place tomorrow, wherever it is, we step in because we are people with life and we're bringing life. We're stepping in because we're people of the Spirit. We're going to stay in step in the Spirit. So, Lord, let fruit just be seen in us. Let fruit be born in our life. And, Lord, as people see that, I pray that Jesus is lifted up in that. People will draw to that. So this is our prayer. We start at the beginning. We start, Lord, with you being the creative force. We thank you today. Amen. 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 Amen.